What is up, everybody? We're back for another episode of Mission Spinow, and uh, welcome to Miami, Benvenido Amiens. Another episode of Mission Spinow. We we managed to do another one, guys. We'll see what happens okay. next week, but we managed to do. I'm, it. I'm, root, I'm rooting for no this time. Really? No. Okay, that's fair. So. It's Miami week. It's the United States Grand Prix part one. Uh, listen, listen, uh, before you go too far into this, um, the Sixers are playing the Heat this week, so I have to refer to this city as the city that shall not be named. That's, that's fair, like Voldemort style. Trust yes. the process. Hashtag trust, trust the, the process. process. Thanks, Sam. Um, heat in, in four. But anyway, oh, we've got a race okay. coming up here. Oh, fuck you. Um, we have a lot of opinions on this race in miami and before we get into a preview of this race which i I would like to do um i believe some of us feel strongly about this race even happening so i'd like to first give the floor to sam Camposano, our friend of the pod here frequent co-host occasional co-host yes occasionally co-host quite literally who no longer lives in the United States of America, but but certainly had a lot to say about this American outing here this weekend. So, Sam, why don't you take the floor with the Miami GP? Gentlemen, a short view back to back the, past. the past. Of course, yeah. <laughs> the good old days, 2018. Ferrari had a great car, and Netflix had no idea out. what Formula One was at that time. A young Sam and his friend Ethan, also known as Pethan, traveled across the entire state of Florida to the F1 live event in downtown Miami. A demonstration. Yes, a demonstration, but not that kind of demonstration. Ron DeSantis had not been elected yet. (laughs) Fair. That's fair. Continue. (laughs) And we watched as the F1 cars made their way down Biscayne Boulevard. And we thought that we were witnessing the start of brighter days ahead for Formula One in the United States and Formula One in Florida. Unfortunately, the powers that be in a egregious example of capitalism run wild have completely butchered this race and turned it into an absolute farce a complete marketing stunt and it just embodies everything that is wrong with modern entertainment, modern capitalism, and not least of all, not least of all the bosses that are running the sport right now. And I'm not somebody who's going to sit here and say Liberty media is terrible because they've done some good things for the sport, but this commercialization, they've taken it too far with this race. I'm sorry. Sam, can I ask you a question? Yes. Are you the kind of person who gets really mad when your favorite band goes mainstream? No. Okay. You sure? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I have a question for you, Sam, as well. well. Okay. Well, the band has to eat, you know, but like Formula One, nah. That's well, all those drivers are so poor, Sam. What are you talking about? I mean, think about where Charles Leclerc was born. Yeah. <laughs> um, Question for you. You know, how many tax, you know how many taxes Lando had to pay before he moved? Yeah. <laughs> you believe that? Question it's for a, you. It's a great we've, got, uh, we've got Miami this weekend. And then 
next year, I believe, or maybe the year after, I'm not sure. Uh, we that have, one's even worse. than We have Las Vegas, right? Yeah. So those are two very big glamour races, uh, both street circuits, both coming to America in conjunction with the current United States Grand Prix at Austin um, in Coda. So my question to you, Sam, is if these tracks were picked out to be something like maybe IMS or another famous American road course, um, and there were still three American races on the calendar with something like that, uh, maybe like another course upgraded to a tier one course, would you be more so okay with that or would you have the same complaints? You know, that's a very good question. I would be more so okay with it. I still probably wouldn't be a huge fan of it because I think three is a little bit overkill, especially when you got countries like Germany that aren't on the calendar. And I know people are going to say like, oh, Europe's small, but I mean, it's just a different like dynamic. And and there are other countries that have more than one race too. Italy comes to mind. Yeah. Um, I believe in 2020, Italy had three races, didn't it? Well, that was kind of mitigating circumstances. Yes, but, that's true. Um. I would be more okay with it if it was like more of a historical thing, like historical tracks. I just, I just don't like the idea of racing for nothing but money. Like they put the commercial aspect. Look, I understand a formula one's a business, but it should be a business about racing, man. They've just put the commercial aspect so far above the racing aspect. It's like they completely ignored that spot, that side of it. They are 100% focused on the commercial aspects with this race and with the Vegas race, and I am not a fan of that. So I will say as well, Ryan, why don't you go first? No, you go first, Trevor. Okay, um, I will say on the surface, I do agree in that based on the track layout that we have initially been given of Miami and of Vegas, it doesn't appear that it would lead exactly to phenomenal racing or have any particularly unique aspects to the track that we've come to know and love in other tracks in the calendar. My other point I would like to present is that we have not seen them race there yet, uh, this weekend or next year. So if this track did perhaps lend a good racing um, and how that could happen could be through a number of different ways. Um, would you give it that props or do you think that the well, overall glamour aspect of it is still too much of an overrule? Yeah. Well, let me just say also, let me kind of lay out my, my problems with this race. You could throw the Vegas one in there as well. Cause it's really, it's a lot of overlap there. Um, first of all, the track itself, it is extremely unoriginal. Put it that way. I mean, a bunch of walls, a bunch of really fast corners, no elevation whatsoever. A big long straight. That a big long like straight. Every, every time that we have a new straight circuit, it's to try and get an even longer straight. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're talking about no personality. I'm sorry. It's in the middle of a parking lot. What it used is. to be a parking lot. Okay. Yeah. I guess it's not technically a parking lot anymore, but and it used to be a parking lot. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. No matter what Will Buxton says, it's a fucking parking lot. So a car park. As we yes. Say. It's a car park. Oh my God. Will Buxton too. God, he is so annoying. Just towing the company line every chance Here he freaking go. gets. I, I do. I do want to point out. I do want to point out. Doesn't Will Buxton literally work for formula one? Yes. I and he is their case. absolute mouthpiece. I mean, yeah, it's his formula fucking one. job, Sam. 
That's no. his job. <laughs> no, it's not. That yes, it is. His no, job it's not. He's like a reporter. His job is not to be like a human press release. It's like getting mad at Rappaport for saying nice things about the NFL. All right. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> okay. The track sucks. It's in a it shit city. Okay. <laughs> okay. So is Vegas. Okay. <laughs> I am serious. Okay. Formula One is racing in like the holy trinity of awful U.S. places. They got Texas. They got Florida and they got Vegas. Just three, like. Austin, I, I am a big fan of Austin, the city. Austin, the city is good. Texas is not good. That's fair. And honestly, I don't even want to get political, but like. Stick to sports, Sam. Florida. I mean, if we're talking about like, I, I know it's Formula One, so they're not going to care about anything like this because they have no morals whatsoever. And we, we know that. We've talked about that at length on this podcast. However, Obviously, like what's in the news yesterday with the whole Roe v. Wade getting overturns and the fact that DeSantis and the don't say gay thing and like they just brush it all aside and like ah, it's just I don't know. I mean, if this was like a country in the Middle East or something, I feel like there'd be like this huge uproar, um, like there was with uh, with Saudi. Um, but I don't know. I guess since it's like the U.S., it's it's all good. Um, we've just come to expect this, and um, yeah, I don't know, like. Miami and Vegas and Austin, like these are cities that just embody like the worst of America for me. Just complete urban sprawl, not urban sprawl, but suburban sprawl. I mean, Vegas especially is just like an environmental catastrophe. Um, yeah, I don't know. And also on on the Miami thing too. Another thing I don't like about it, I, I just don't know why they're holding this race in May. The weather is going to be atrocious. Um, that was an, among the initial announcement. That was my biggest critique. Was, I mean, who's going to want to sit through that? And obviously, I think the, the organizers of the race realize that because there's hardly any grandstand seating there. And the actual seating that there is, it costs a fortune. Nobody in their right mind is going to pay for that. I mean, I, I guess some people will. The in, But I, I don't know. Half the people there are going to be freaking influencers who are invited. So... <laughs> I mean, I mean that's not even an exaggeration like it's a status thing it's like monaco but without that any was gonna of the be my next point, or the that... glamour because they're racing in a freaking parking lot in the middle of a miami suburb everyone's arguable biggest race is also a glamour race yes uh, yeah no you're right you're right and i was like, gonna say yeah the only the only difference between i mean like obviously among other things i think as much as I hate Monaco's track, Miami's track is also bad. Um, but like the main difference is that we haven't been racing at Miami since the sixties. Yeah. Also a big difference too. Miami uh, doesn't have real water. Unlike Monaco. Um, I mean, <laughs> dude, that's just, like, I mean, come on. That's just embarrassing. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's pathetic, dude. Uh, the memes. Like, they're so right. obsessed. No, with, Danny, don't dive. They're, <laughs> they're so obsessed with everything other than the racing, man. They've got to make a fake harbor. Are you kidding me? That doesn't even have real water. Like, come on, man. Come on. It's just, uh, I it's think, just a farce. This whole thing is a farce. I think I can simultaneously agree with everything you just said, Sam, and still think that none of it matters. Yeah. That's like, also a fair take, I, I feel. Like, I, like, yes, the race is a farce. The track is terrible. It's commercialized. It's totally disingenuous and it's, it's only done facade. to get as many possible. Yeah. It's a complete facade and it's yeah. done to get as many possible eyes on Miami as possible. Mm -hmm. At the same point, LeBron James is going to an F1 race. 
Yeah. Like that's significant. Whether we it's, think the track yeah. is stupid and whether we think it's commercialized, that's significant. That is. The, it's a good marketing stunt by F1. Yeah. I just don't and I think like that, it at like, the expense of the racing. No, I and I agree with you. In a in an ideal world, we get both. Yeah. But with this with the current state of F1 and the position it is in in terms of the growth it's been in the last few years which the is insane feeling it way. could have which is unbelievable yeah which is insane but in terms of the potential ceiling it could have it makes sense they're erring on this side of it at yeah. this stage in f1 it makes sense that they're erring on the side of being commercialized and marketed to hell yeah i mean no you're, they, you're they right have the, they have the ability to become like i know that i i know we probably feel like they are they have the ability and the potential in the next decade to become a truly mainstream american sport yeah they're close. They're getting they're pushing closer. To, they're getting closer to that bubble every day, and yeah. so that like, I agree with you in every point you're making about like how hollow it all feels. And I haven't really paid attention to anything that's happening this week in Miami because of that. I don't really care about anything until qualifying, mm-hmm. but it still feels culturally significant because it's marketed. Like that's the point. Yeah. A no, you're bit. right, Ryan. You're right, but also like. And, and that that's the point where it, like it loses me. Like I agree with everything you're saying, and it's frustrating. But when it's so clearly the point of what Formula One is trying to do with this week and this race, it's like hard to stay mad. No, I get just, it. I just I understand what you mean, Sam. And and I, I will, just I get it. I will I do. lend you. I will lend you this. I will lend you this. I think these glamour races, and you know, seeing the cars in Miami in the backdrop, and seeing them go across the Vegas Strip. I don't mind having those races for F1 to increase publicity and increase the glamour aspect of it that has always existed since the sport's inception. However, I am less okay with these types of races when you begin to talk about removing or rotating some of the classic tracks. I was going to bring that up. And if that is where we're going, um, that would be very displeasing. Well, you know what's even more criminal? than putting this race just on the calendar is the deal that Miami has been given. Um, F1 is essentially paying Miami for this race, whereas every other circuit has to pay F1, like huge hosting fees. That's how desperate F1 was to, Liberty Media specifically, that's how desperate they were to get this race on the track, they, uh, on the calendar. They gave them a, a sweetheart deal. And when you're talking about tracks like Spa, um, I know Monza, not right now, but in somewhat recent history, Silverstone, especially that was under threat for a while. You're talking about tracks like this that have to play these egregious hosting fees that threaten the existence of some of the most prestigious and historic races in F1. And F1 is basically, at times, Liberty Media is holding, holding these circuits hostage. And meanwhile, Miami, which has no Formula One pedigree whatsoever, is a complete marketing stunt, gets this sweetheart deal. That pisses me off. I would say I am fine with Miami, and I am fine. I am fine with Miami being on the schedule. I am fine with Austin being on the schedule. I am fine with Vegas being on the schedule. I am not fine with all three being on the schedule. Mm -hmm. Like those three races do not have the track pedigree and the history. In unless unless Formula One wants to make a thirty race schedule, which I don't think yeah. they're really interested in. I don't think but anyone if, would be interested in that. Yeah. If we are if we are, st- if, we are st- yeah. if we are sticking to 
the same layout we've had in the same schedule size we've had. I'm not interested. I'd be, I'd be really down for having like a rotating USGP that like switched mm-hmm. between like Miami and Vegas and Austin or other tracks. Yes. We don't have, we don't have enough tracks to have three races. No, we just I mean, don't. There's, there's only one race in South America. You got huge markets like Argentina that don't have a race. We got huge markets in Africa. I mean, South Africa has been trying and trying I mean, to get Kai back. I been a, you know, and that's a, that's a historic race. track and a great track for racing. And I think, yeah, I think my bigger issue isn't that Miami is over commercialized or Vegas is over commercialized. It's that they're both coexisting. Yeah. I'm, I'm, fine, like, I'm fine with one massive like business orgy a year yeah. on the schedule. <laughs> in the US. I'm fine with it. It sucks, but we have to kind of take it where we go. Yeah. Like, but when it, when it happens two or three times a year, that's when it gets a little tiring. But we're also, we also have to realize we are not the target audience ESPN is catering to. Mm-hmm. We're going to watch the race either way. We're going to complain, but we'll watch. Yeah. They're trying to get the people that might like flip on ESPN and be like, ooh, this is in Miami. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? That's another thing I was going to bring up too. It's like, does Liberty Media think we're, we're that dumb that like we have to watch stupid races in miami like that's not why i fell in love with formula one i fell in love with formula one because of spa and they don't they don't think we're that dumb they think maybe the average american consumer that they're trying to reach well i mean that's who i'm referring to with with where but you know that's like not why i fell i fell in love with formula one because of historic tracks historic teams drivers with weird accents and yeah, I didn't. Well, I don't Charlotte know. Player like, still exists. So. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I don't think the American audience is that like. I don't know, man. I think uh, that childish that they just need to be catered to this badly. Like, I think that we a- any sport, and coming at this from perspective of someone who's a big golf fan and seeing the growth and recession of the PGA Tour over the last two decades, any sport that's trying to get more mainstream kind of goes in waves. Um, there's going to be an era for however long it is that formula one is going to be as bland and cookie cutter and commercial as possible to try and just absolutely maximize this boom. Mm-hmm. And at one, at some point that bubble is going to burst and people are going to start to get annoyed again, because I think you're right, Sam. I think people don't need to be spoon fed commercialized basic races to really enjoy them. Yeah. But for right now, when F1 is trying to get as many people to watch as possible, they don't want to risk anything that could possibly turn anybody away. And yeah. then at some point, they're going to reach a point where everybody who's going to be interested in Formula One already is. And that's when we're going to start to see a more like personality in our races. Yeah, I hope so. I, I, look, I, I, I think this is kind of an unfortunate circumstance of the growth that F1 is currently seeing. Yeah, it's a but I think effect. it's just kind of how it is. Yeah, no, I totally get the commercial aspect, and I know why it's happening. I just and it's good. I think they've taken in it too far. Too, and it, yeah. but it's bad in, in others. So. Yeah, and I, I just want to say one thing, one more thing on it, and, and then we'll go to the stop. actual racing. Yeah, that the, goes. Yeah, nobody cares about that. Um, <laughs> the, <Not> anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, I've convinced everybody not to watch it. We're boycotting the race now. Um, yeah, no one in America watches race. <laughs> um, anyway. No, it's just the the pandering to the U.S. audience with like these stupid YouTube videos, like F1 drivers, why they love America. Can you imagine if they did that for like the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix or some shit? Like, 
it would just get torched, man. They have never done this for any other country. Also, it, yeah, it, it makes even less sense to me when there's not an American driver on the grid. Yeah. <laughs> they don't have one. Yeah. Give it a year. Uh, They're not doing like why they love England. Yeah. <laughs> give it a year. I love yeah. all the colonialism. Um, And then also, like, I was reading this press release uh, or some sort of article on the F1 website, and they were like, F1's most anticipated race in years or something like that. I'm paraphrasing, but something stupid like that. Like, by who? Who is super excited for this? I mean, you guys are part of the F1 community online. I mean, on Twitter, do you guys see, like, a lot of hype for this race? I mean, maybe among, like, sponsors it's it's hype, but are are the fans excited for this? I, I think the fans are pretty indifferent i mean i think our voices on this podcast reflect where a large contingent of the fans are on this i whole feel like i'm a little more excited than you two i mean yeah. i don't think i'm, I'm excited I just, I just had a, it, i'm having a very a race week. in my state i live in i'm excited to kind of see what it looks like yeah um, i enjoy that it? aspect of it as an american i mean i'll be i'll be i'll be honest i do um, that's fair i mean overall though I do agree, Sam. I, I, good racing is is very important. It's the most, most important anticipated thing. Anticipated racing years. I like, would say it's on, not guys. that, but no. also one of the reasons I do love Formula One, and I will freely say it, is because I do enjoy the sort of mythic glamour it carries. Yeah. And I don't want every race to be a glamour race, but to see these cars behind the palm trees and then in Vegas, you know, it, it's cool. I would rather it be a great race, and I would take any boring locale with great racing probably over any of these glamour races, but I do appreciate their existence in the calendar. Now, you guys are right. Eventually, it could become very obnoxious and annoying if they lean too heavily into it. Um, That's 100% true, but I still do enjoy that aspect of Formula One. I always have. Okay, I'll give you like the Vegas thing with the scenery. What is the scenery in Miami? It's a parking lot. They've got a fake <laughs> harbor. Okay. <laughs> That's fair. Okay. It's That's not fair. like the only race with palm trees. Like, That's come fair. on. That's if fair. it was like in downtown Miami, will, like it was supposed to be, it would be cool. But I will combat. I will combat a little bit, Sam. When like F1's press release is like the most anticipated race in years. That's wrong. It's also just how press releases work. They're probably going to say that like four times this year. Yeah. Um, it's so. <laughs> But like that, I, 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 it's almost like I roll my eyes at that because I'm like, all right, great. Yeah. Like, thanks, F1 PR team. Um, Could you imagine, like, the, the Vietnamese Grand Prix, the most anticipated race in years? <laughs> no, next year, Vegas is going to be the most anticipated race in years. Mark <laughs> exactly. my words. Exactly. And then the year after that, it's going to be like Abu Dhabi is like the most exciting title fight in years. Like, yeah, it, all, it's just how PR people talk. Yeah. Um, but on top of that, too, I, I would say for my excitement, I'm excited, but I'm not more excited. I'm excited for every race. I'm not like more excited for this one or notably excited for this one because yeah, it's in my home country. I'd agree. Like I'm excited for this because I'm excited for every F1 race, but I don't feel anything. I don't feel any extra level of like joy. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the racing then. Yeah, let's do that. Track. Yeah. We've got essentially two very very long straights here first being the run from eight to 11 on turns and i do say turns quote unquote because nine and ten are kind of like that austria thing where like a little bit of movement counts to turn and then of course the very long straight from 16 to 17 
takes up a very good portion of the circuit. We're going to be looking at probably top speed being king here in Miami. And when we think about Nine, that, yeah. what team are we thinking about? That's an advantage. Energy drinks. Energy drinks. I would agree. Uh, Red Bull probably will be looking forward to this with a track that's so focused on high speed. That being said, I feel as if Ferrari's deficit in that area is not quite as significant as some people might say it is. But with a track like this, again, the run from 8 to 11 is very straight. The run from 16 to 17 is dead straight. You've got a very long sort of straight from 19 to 1 again. It's got a lot of straight line movement here. So DRS might be very important coming into this race. Top speed for the engines might be very important coming into this race. I imagine that that's going to be the big deciding factor for how teams perform. So there's two things to note about that. One is the Ferrari engine. Um, they're both going to have the upgraded or I don't even think it's upgraded. It's just like turned up to the max engine. This, this race, um, Carlos had it last week, but we didn't really get to see its potential whatsoever because he barely used it. And now Charles <laughs> has it as well. So that could help Ferrari. And also they're bringing a little update with the floor, which is supposed to help with the bouncing. So that could help them too. So we'll see, but yeah, you're right. This is a lot like Saudi. I thought the right, I thought the drivers just had to be tougher about porpoising. Well, it's, it's a performance upgrade. Okay, sure. Yeah. Oh, there we go. <laughs> um, no, I, I don't know. I feel like I've can I, like sitting here listening to you guys. I've convinced myself into two or three teams that could probably do better than we expect. Um, I think Aston's going to be the backmarkers. Mm-hmm. Shocking, I know. Um, oh, the double point scoring Aston Martin. You mean? Oh yeah, blow me. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually, I actually, this is not a winning prediction or even a podium prediction. And I might be just gaslighting myself from the other races. Um, I think we get a better version of Lewis this week. I think he struggled the most in the sections that are curviest this year. I think having top speed, I don't think, I don't think the Merc is good enough to catch a Red Bull or a Ferrari, but I think he struggled the most in the curviest sections. Um, and he's kind of, seemed most comfortable when he's just trying to drive straight to that i will say and this is the most like armchair formula one fan shit ever i'm about to throw out at everybody so this is completely baseless however i have noticed throughout a lot of lewis's struggling across the beginning of the season that he has not been particularly active on social media um these weeks leading up to this Grand Prix, it seems like he's been in his bag on social media. <laughs> so I am curious to see if he is a lot more confident heading into this weekend also, than he might otherwise have been. I just had it's, it's just something I've literally been noticing. I feel maybe like he's just, he's just given up. He doesn't care anymore. Speaking of speaking of conspiracy theories about Lewis Hamilton in this car, um. Again, completely baseless and coming from the perspective of the Lewis shill on the pod. Um, do we think there's any validity into the fact that Lewis might have just gotten into the car later than usual this year? Which obviously doesn't excuse the fact that he's like been hovering around Q2 in three of the four races. He should still be finishing top six. But I think there's might be some validity to the fact that he may have just gotten into the car a month later. Like he might just be a month behind in his internal clock. 
I will also say to that too, I think that his engineers have been trying some weird setups across some of these races. And I know that there was a, definitely a vastly different one for Saudi Arabia and as well in Imola. And I think it just hasn't hit on, on a lot of these, which mm-hmm. still he's partially Weird. to in that because he's the one driving the car and it's his responsibility uh, to give feedback to his engineers. And but Russell, I have, it seems like Russell's been getting the better setups across his, his car. I also, I also think for the, just for the sake of objectivity, I agree with you. I also just think Russell's been driving better. No, yes, um, but, and not to take anything again, coming from a Russell critic, uh, not to take anything away from what George has been doing. He has been probably the most consistent driver. Uh, he literally has. He's the yeah. only one that's finished top five every week. This season. Also, so big speaking of that, speaking of that, Sam, who finished third in Imola? I want to hear you say it. Uh, well, it's in the rain, so or it stopped raining. That's why. <laughs> I want to hear you say it. <laughs> yeah, Lando. Thank you. Try that's all I had. Yeah, no, honestly, McLaren shout out to McLaren. I, yeah, McLaren's sudden change has been kind of crazy, honestly. I will, I, yeah. will admit, I will admit, it was a total crowning. Charles was going to podium until he kind of goofed. Like, well, I was blew it himself, like Lando got so. crowned. No, Lando, Lando kept it crowned, on the road, but, unlike Charles. But anybody who's not Red Bull or Ferrari is going to have to get crowned to podium this year. Yeah, like, no, it's a hell like, of a drive. Both Lewis and George have one podium each. That's because someone screwed up above them. Like, yeah. yeah. If you're outside one of those top two cars, you need to have a great drive and you need somebody above you to screw up. And all you can control is the first thing. And Lando had a great drive. No, for sure. That's what it's going to take. Do you think Zach Brown has just been locked in a room rewatching Pato Awards IndyCar win? <laughs> for like yeah, winning hours. the Alabama Grand Prix. <laughs> for 72 hours, like yeah. broking a photo of Pato in his office. Yeah. <laughs> Um, that's going to be an interesting scenario. I have heard rumors that they might be gunning for one Colton Herta too. And after Colton Herta for my IndyCar people, he had a horrendous dive bomb attempt at Alabama that ruined his entire race. Uh, after that, let's take this helmet off and see who you really are. Colton. Daniel Kvyat. <laughs> <laughs> the russian rocket is back boys um, yeah that's another thing going into the american market there will be an american driver in a form within the next few well years. i really hope as we get to who it is as a team but i don't know i haven't heard anything about that in a while i just yeah. don't understand why formula one with all the shilling that they're doing for American Miami, would not be more receptive to having an American team on the grid. Yeah, exactly. I will say to the FIA, if you deny Andretti, you're cowards. 100%. Yeah. I guess it's really the FIA's call, FIA, not Liberty. The FIA so. is listening to this podcast and just tremored. You're like, oh, yeah. no, they're on to us. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think we could see, see either a Charles Leclerc or Max Verstappen win. For championship reasons and for fandom reasons, I would like to see this championship draw a little closer, but I think as long as it's a good race, um, I, I wouldn't mind having Scuderia Ferrari back on top in Miami. So well, You know what it comes down to, River? You know what the key to this race is? What's the key to this race? It's not Max or Charles. It's Carlos. And Checo, for that matter. Yeah, yeah. but Carlos especially because he's been a complete train wreck, so... He has, and granted, I will say for Imola, that was not his fault. Um, well, qualifying was his fault. Yes, he's under qual- no pressure, yes. too. No qualifying was his fault. It's a good point. He could drive at 90%, and he would still easily make it into Q3. 
-hmm. There's just no reason to be going over the edge. I mean, if you make a mistake in Q3 because you're on the limit, fair enough. But in Q2, I mean, it's just not good enough from Carlos. And it hasn't been good enough the last few races from him. And Charles really needs him. He needs that rear gunner because every single race, every single time he's gotten ahead of Max, he's just been put under pressure. We saw it in the sprint race. We saw it at Saudi. Um, Australia, he he held him off pretty well. But I am never one to make an on-book prediction, as you two know. But you are about to make an on-book prediction. I don't like picking favorites, and it makes me wrong more often than not, especially in a sport like Formula One. But I wrote an article last year detailing how in the history of formula one out of however many like 60 some odd seasons it was there's only been like eight instances ever where the same two drivers won the each of the first five races in yeah. last year hamilton and verstappen um unless no i think check might have won the fifth but one of the, whatever either way Haku. it's not it's not common and for that it's just so hard for the two of them to both ha- like one of the two to have a good race every single week. Sure. Yeah. So I think that with this is going to be, I just think that every five or so races, we're going to get a weird one. I think and Carlos signs does win his first F1 race this year. I, I was not going to pick Carlos. I was going to pick Checo. Who's finished. I wasn't going to say necessarily this race, but mm-hmm. it will happen this year. And I do agree as well. You would think Sergio Perez would also end I, up. So Checo, Checo's finished second each of the last two races. He's been good this year, man. He's been good this year. I was on his. I was on him a little bit after the first two weeks, and he's he's proved me wrong and flown a middle finger in my face while doing it. Um, but no, I I think this is a good. I just I don't know. I feel like it's really really rare for us to have the same two drivers win the first five races of a season. No, that's fair. So maybe Miami's going to be a shocker here. We'll see. Yeah. So my official race pick is Checo. I like that. Sam prediction. Who? I'm going to say Max. I don't know. This track just reminds me of Saudi 2.0. So I'll say Max from Charles in second. I'm sorry. Did River pick Charles and Sam pick Max? yeah it's opposite day it is opposite day um yeah i'm gonna double down on that i think the revenge of the scuderia is is definitely not over exaggerated and with some potential updates i have been so impressed with this ferrari car for these first few races it doesn't look reverse jinx (laughs) reverse jinx um it doesn't look like it's fallible like i would say mechanic why it doesn't it doesn't seem to break down doesn't seem to have any issues it, it it's really All fast issues have been the drivers Car- yeah, carlos really fast the and it's reliable yeah. <laughs> <laughs> carlos signs bin ferrari challenge easy um <laughs> i i think we're gonna see that uh that red what was what's the what's the name for the ferrari red the famous name for it Corsa Rosa or something? Corsa Rosa. I think you're going to see that up on the first place podium with one Monegaskin driver. So I was about to say, before you said the last part, I was like, it's pretty amazing how you've managed to go this far praising Ferrari without picking one of their drivers. (laughs) I'm all about the PR, baby. um, Rosso Corsa. Rosso Corsa. Corsa. So I've offended my Italian heritage today. Yes, River Wells. 
Yeah. So, hey, now, okay. You're Italian? My mom's side of the family. Very okay, deep, okay. Italian. <laughs> um, You're Italian? I am very Italian, actually. You, yeah. L. <laughs> a bit racist, unfortunately. <laughs> then same will be like the Huns. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what are some of our midfield predictions here? Well, I don't know. Can I say one thing about Ferrari? McLaren double podium. I'm sorry. Keep going. No. <laughs> oh, no. I was just going to say, too, like, I don't really know anything about this track except that it looks like Saudi. So I could be totally off base. But uh, I, I will just send a picture of everything it with that. In the, uh, in the in the chat yeah it just looks like a red bull track man i don't know that's what i'm basing <laughs> the of. vibe yes it has red bull vibes I like will say, an energy drink no, brand racing at the most commercial track in f1 yeah <laughs> there's no way to like predict a track we've never seen before yeah no. exactly well we're all experts what do you mean the only thing i will say is i think this looks like a red bull track but i think there's a lot of ferrari tracks coming up um spain monaco canada those are ferrari tracks Known, known Charles Leclerc track, Monaco. Well, I think he's going to do it this year, but we'll we'll have that conversation in a few weeks. We shall see, indeed. Uh, midfield. If Charles doesn't DNF at Monaco, River might cry. I will. Mm. I really want him to do it for the brand. End of an era. Unfortunately, I have a feeling he will. He will not. Midfield predictions, part three. What are we thinking, boys and girls? pause <laughs> i'm i'm inclusive <laughs> ryan what do you think um it's a tough one um hmm. i mean i think i think mclaren's gonna keep closing the gap as the fourth fastest car um yeah I don't know. It's hard to have like really bold midfield takes. I feel like everyone's kind of settling out well. I think Alfa Romeo has a good week. Mm. I think that Ferrari engine's running really hot and they have good straight line speed or better straight line speed than we expected them to. I have been very um, impressed with Valtteri Vitas. I think I think Valtteri makes Q3 again. I think he's been kind of living there. Um, I think he's going to make Q3 a lot more often than he does not this season, which is pretty surprising to me. Um, but yeah, I think, I think Alfa... I think one alpha driver specifically finishes in the points. I think McLaren keeps closing the gap as the fourth best car. Um, hmm. I am really, really tempted to say, I think Lando overtakes Carlos in the driver's standings, but I don't really know if I can fully commit to that in my mind. I mean, I wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Ryan, be bold. Fine. That's why they by listen the end, to this by podcast. The, by, by Monday morning. Lando Norris will be ahead of Truck Carlos Sainz in the driver's There you go. All right. I like it. Remember, I'm looking at this uh, track map that you sent. Just one of those scenic and picturesque settings in all of Formula One. You've got some grimy-ass canal along the main straight, <laughs> suburban sprawl and highways on all sides of the track, the couple corners going under a highway overpass, yeah, there actually are a few going under the turnpike. Or an exit ramp or something like that. Just an absolutely... Uh, Which, by the way... When I think with, of Formula One, this is what I think of. With Florida, man, be careful at those turns, for sure. <laughs> what happened at those turnpike turns? <laughs> I would like yeah, to, to bring our out. attention to the driver's standings. Wait, 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 wait. 
I have to do my midfield prediction. That's what I was about to do my midfield. You want to go first? Oh, no. Okay. No, 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 I thought you were changing no, 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 gears. No, 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 no. Go ahead. Okay. I'm not better. Oh, okay. I'll keep better. it quick. Yeah, uh, since this is a new circuit and the drivers are very unfamiliar with it, I think driver talent and raw skill is going to play a factor. And therefore, you think that... <laughs> well, this I'm was sorry, actually Yuki. part of this was actually part of my prediction. So holy shit, that God, actually no. made me laugh. River uh, actually made me laugh. I'm sorry, Yuki. Um, no, I was gonna say <laughs> Fernando top five. Hey, avenge his Melbourne bin. That was he needs to have more points than he does. So yeah. yes, no. This was part of my prediction. When you look at the two Alpatare drivers right now. You will notice that the Giga Yuki Sonoda is in fact ahead of Pierre Gasly by four points. Expect that to change after this <sighs> race. Yuki oh, did man. not do particularly well with courses he has not driven yet. Um, this is a looks to be a very low risk sort of track. I do think Yuki Sonoda has had a great year so far. Who are Good you? And what so have you done far. with River? And that being said, I expect Pierre Gasly to get the one up on him okay. in this race. So, well, um, we'll honestly, see. that's I didn't know that he was the head of Pierre. That's impressive. He is. He's being Pierre the 10 to 6. Yeah. All right. This is this is a really weird Almost day. Double. Sam picked Max, River picked Charles. Yuki just pra- or Sam just praised Yuki and River just slandered him. What's going on <laughs> in this podcast? Well, overall, I think Yuki's had a I mean, he had the one bad race and um um god where was his bad race <laughs> it was um yeah how much time do you have <laughs> no i mean this year you dumbass um because i know he didn't race in saudi well there was bahrain and there was saudi and then there was melbourne and melbourne he, didn't, he had a terrible race in melbourne there it is um, that's what it was so didn't race in saudi arabia good race in bahrain Good race at Imola, bad race at Melbourne. He's two one and one this year, so I, I will take that. Um, I expect him to continue to perform pretty well. However, for this particular track, we'll see what happens. Put it that way. Yeah, it's a that, I will say that Alvatore car is not good. It, it is. It is bad. They've gone backwards. They yeah. have gone tremendously backwards. It is no longer competing with the upper Which field. Is- that surprises me because I feel like the Red Bull the Red Bull engine hasn't gotten worse. No, definitely the design of the actual aerodynamic package and chassis has gotten worse. Honestly, Christian, I think Christian Horner just held all the AlphaTauri engineers at gunpoint. He did, yeah. <laughs> I think <laughs> that next year when AlphaTauri can start to use a bunch of the Red Bull parts again, then they'll be better. Because this year they kind of had to create the car from scratch. So they weren't really using a lot of leftover Red Bull parts. but Yeah. Uh, and you know, not super used to that. So yeah, we will see what happens at that point. But it's Miami. It's time for uh, different predictions. Going back on our favorites, going forward on our not favorites. It's going to be a race for sure. Of all the races in the F1 counter, will be one of them. Yeah, unfortunately. So I do have. I have one last question for Mr. Camposano, and then oh, we God. will we will close it out on that and note. You're on the floor, Mr. Um, Sam, does Everton win the championship next year? (laughs) That's a good question, actually. Honestly, if Everton gets relegated, they're going to be in big trouble. I don't think they're going to go up. 
I think Whoa. they're going to finish in like a Wow, spot you don't think we would go back up? <laughs> no. That's I don't. insane. That. I don't know, man. Like, we've <laughs> seen big clubs get relegated before, and like, they usually don't bounce straight back, so... Well, let's, let's go. It. That <laughs> answer is so much better than anything I could have hoped for. <laughs> I don't think we're getting relegated. So. I don't think you are Ooh. either. I think Leeds are going to get relegated. Boo, uh, Leeds, boo, Leeds. Um, I would actually love to see Everton get relegated. Not because I have anything against Everton. I just think it would be hilarious. I mean, it, as yeah. an Everton fan, I can acknowledge it would be hilarious. So it's, it's just <laughs> I do understand that. I get it. Deeply funny. It's it, just one of those things that should never happen in the fact any that time a funny. blue blood premier league team oh, could get a what? relegated. A blue blood, yeah, for sure. Okay. You're like you're like you're like a green blood. Let's, let's, let's be careful. Are the different colors of the rainbow here? Yeah, you, it's 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 a scale, okay? It's a scale. Jeez, man. I just got red blood. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> well that's true that's science sam yeah. tomorrow we learn yeah. history yeah if everton if everton does get relegated the liverpool's chance of winning the uh, premier league increase just by like sheer osmosis. they get a power boost if that happens yeah <laughs> well, i know yeah. i said this the other day but for the pod is if, if everton win like the quadruple and or, oh god everton everton <laughs> winning the quadruple <laughs> <laughs> yeah the efl uh trophy or whatever um exactly. no if, if liverpool when the, yeah, the if liverpool win the uh the quadruple and everton get relegated i think liverpool should just fold the team yeah do you they're, remember they're when never philadelphia won the super bowl and the city just burnt down like that yeah. would be yeah. that, that with liverpool that would be that <laughs> like tenfold with liverpool yeah okay yeah. uh i want to point out so Leeds closing schedule Arsenal, Chelsea, Brighton, Brentford. Yeah. All right. And Everton's which game is, in hand is Watford, by the way. Yeah. Which is not. Uh, Everton has Leicester, Brentford, Crystal Palace, Arsenal, and Watford. So neither of those are super intimidating. Yeah. Uh, they both play Arsenal. They both play Brentford. Um, Getting three points from Man U and Chelsea is kind of insane. Yeah. Six, yeah. How, how did you do that? No idea. <laughs> it depends on does... Like, what do you guys think is a harder schedule? Three games against, three games against Leicester, Watford, and Crystal Palace. Well, Watford automatically or, is so much worse than any of them. No, I know. Or two games against Chelsea and Brighton. I mean, Brighton's not great either. But I mean, Brighton's Chelsea just lost to Everton. Though. Brighton is ninth no. on the table. How dare you? <laughs> Brighton just beat the uh, Spuds and Arsenal, so they're coming they back a little bit. Yeah, that's true. I I recant. I, I don't know. It also the like, Leeds' goal difference is like so much worse too. So, and they Everton have the game in hand against Watford. God, they win dude. the game in hand. They're above Leeds, so with a much better goal difference. Can I point out? Newcastle is tenth with a negative sixteen goal differential. Yeah, well, that's aspiration. That most that's of amazing. that is when before the uh, Saudi Grand Prix money started flowing in. Exactly when they got the checks in. Yeah. Man, yeah. United us, Man United us only has a five goal differential, which is kind of sad. Yeah, and they're in sixth. <laughs> yeah. They're going Europa League, baby. Let's go. Man, the Premier League West, really has two Europa Leagues. West Ham's League. going to qualifiers, baby. <laughs> well, let's hope. We got Europa a huge Conference game League. Europa Conference League. Europa Conference hey, I'd take it. I'd take it. I don't care. That's I'm going to Frankfurt, by the way, tomorrow. So, 
Are they safe playing? travels, but safe travels, buddy. Is West Ham playing in Frankfurt tomorrow? Yeah, uh, on Thursday. I'm actually not going to the game. I mean, it's like impossible to get tickets, but uh, to the bars. Yeah, just the gonna pubs. be taking it in. Yeah, yeah, that's I'm, nice. I'm sure no. I'm sure no alcohol will be consumed. No, definitely not. We like to be responsible, and we of would course. definitely not endorse anything like that on the podcast. Of course, of course, of course, of course not. Sam, we got Brighton and West Ham in the Ringer match, May twenty second. Is this all still part of the podcast? Like, are we including this? I don't we know. Can. Maybe we, we should do like a spinoff of like our podcast, like Mission Spin and Mission Push <laughs> <Mission, laughs> Mission Push yeah. <laughs> there you go, River. I like it. <laughs> mission Tushel. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, Tushelapod. Touche. Um, yeah, maybe we should just wrap this up now. <laughs> All right, I do. I do have to jump out here. So I yeah. have been right. River Wells, and I've been Sam Camposano. I was Ryan Haley, but you're not anymore. No, that's fair. Why are we? All, this, why do we always do this sign off in past tense? Because we were them. Okay. It, it's a, we live in a very different world than we did a minute ago. Stop quoting <laughs> Draft Day. I show you that movie <laughs> once. Vontae <laughs> Mack, no matter what. We'll see you guys later. Peace. See ya.